0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, welcome to a very special edition of the Chords and Chords podcast, bringing two of my best friends back on the show. We have Harrison Chow and Luke Akinsola or Kinshala, sorry, Luke, bringing it back. And we're gonna run through this is gonna be a good episode for everyone. You know, I get a lot of complaints sometimes that people want to support the show, but they're like, I sorry, I just really don't care about sports. No sports involved. I promise we won't be mentioning any basketball standings. There won't be any football scores, there won't be any talks of quarterbacks. This is all gonna be about albums of twenty twenty one. It's a little bit delayed because I had COVID. Sorry, too bad. I was going to do it last week, but I literally couldn't speak through my sore throat so we're doing it now still recapping uh 2021 as 2022 kicks off and thank you so much for joining me as always both of you i'll start off with luke just a quick introduction of bringing your voice in here and give me a quick yes or no was 2021 a good year in music and then i'll throw it to harrison and he'll bring the conversation going so 2021 good year in music yes or no
1: i think so man i think uh yeah we uh, had a lot of uh, major artists release albums, which, you know, were highly anticipated. So, uh, yeah, I-, I think it was a overall good year in music. And hopefully um, this year, 2021 or 2022, excuse me, will be uh, even better. So, yeah.
0: yeah. And Harrison, obviously, we talk about music all the time and it's kind of a, a growing trend of albums that we look forward to and stuff like that. But let's kick this conversation off with what the terrible, what do they even call The recording Academy. What did the Grammy say were the best albums of 2021? Let's go from there. Let's see if what we're going to go through ours, if they line up with what the Grammy said, because I know the list was a little bit controversial this year.
2: Not only is it controversial, but I think this is the first year where the Academy is just handing out nominations to, to everybody. Cause we got <laughs> 10 nominations this year for albums of, of the year. So I guess, um, because of the controversy of inclusiveness and also uh, not having certain artists on there this year, they just said, Hey, we'll, we'll include everybody. So uh, first of the 10 albums is we are by John Batiste. Next up is love for sale collaboration with Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga. Then we have Justin's Justin Bieber's justice album
0: out of left field.
2: Another album is Doja Cat's planet her, it's a big record from really her so? that this year. I was going to say that's quality. Billie Eilish with Happier Than Ever, her sophomore debut. And then we have her with Back of My Mind. And Little Nas X with Montero. In the cultural big, side, guys,
0: deserves to be there.
2: Yeah. And another big breakout star this year, Lavi Rodrigo with Sour. And, of course, it's the Grammys. You have to pay respect to taylor swift and give her a nomination each time (laughs) so this year we have her evermore record and then lastly we have donda from kanye west so those are the 10 nominations from the recording academy this year some interesting choices but i think i think for the most part they got some some really big artists on there
0: yeah i think obviously a lot of that is names right there this is a failing thing it's a failing broadcast people don't really watch award shows anymore they want to throw out you know the names they do the same thing with the oscars put as many movies nominated so people have some kind of tie to it, throw as many names out there. You said that Evermore was what was nominated for Taylor Swift, right? Yeah, so that's a 2020 album. That's kind of like the Academy has that weird calendar where they do it with award shows. So we're going to stick to just albums released in 2021, but Taylor Swift will be mentioned. Of course, her re-release of Red was a re not an not an original album, but still really, really relevant. So yeah, that list is, you know, Like you said, Harrison, definitely all trying to be inclusive. They're throwing out names. There's some huge snubs in there, which we'll get to. And I think I want to just go kind of through my list. I make a list as the year goes along of like every album that kind of sticks out to me, maybe a big album that's coming out or if I've even heard of the artist. And I have a running list and I went back through it and kind of just wrote down every album that I remembered, whether it was one that I liked, one that I didn't like, uh, maybe one that I was hyped for and it kind of disappointed, one that surprised me. And I'm staring at a list of 50 albums right now, which is way too much to go through. Obviously, you guys have your favorites. I have my favorites. So we'll try and run through them as quick as possible, get to what you like. And then at the end, we'll wrap it up and kind of surmise what we thought of 2021 and our best picks. Before we get started, though, because I know both of your tastes a little bit, I think actually a lot. I know my taste. Quick apologies to any metal fans. You can stop listening right now. The closest we're going to get to that. uh, Turnstile had an album. that's called, I think... Glow On, that's as close to metal as we're going to get. Sorry. Uh, if you like jazz, also a big, big hole for us. Maybe Harrison or Luke, you guys know a little bit more than I do. We mentioned John Patiste. He gets nominated for the Grammy. That's as closest to jazz as we're probably going to get, besides influences on other albums. If you like country, well, I don't know. I like some country. I don't hate it anymore. I know Harrison doesn't hate it. And we have our little songs here and there. Luke's from North Carolina, so it's in his blood, even though he doesn't like it,
1: Man, as far no, as albums-wise. I'm sorry. I I can't, with all due respect, even though I will say, I was watching a, doc- a documentary earlier this year, and it talked about how uh, Biggie fell asleep to country-western <laughs> music. So, like, when I heard that, I that was like, okay, purpose. if Biggie can stand it, you know, I can not be such a snob when, it, you know, anybody mentions it. But, yeah, you're not going to hear me bumping. Country music in my car, working out for gym, So there's that.
0: Yeah, I mean, Casey had an album that we'll get to. So we'll get country adjacent. But I like Chris Stapleton. I like a few out there, but nothing in 2021 that really stood out to me. So apologies to country fans
2: we got a little Dirk on country now,
1: so he's making waves. <laughs> Honestly, though, that record was kind of hard. I'm not yeah, even to I, I was like, yo, like, shout out Dirkio, man. This kind of slaps.
0: Yeah, Harrison showed it to me. I was laughing through it the entire first time, and then, like, we, we hung up the call or whatever. Or, like, I got out of the car, and, like, later that night, I was, like, just kept playing it over and over again. I was like, this song is really catchy.
1: Imagine being like on Broadway and hearing that at one of the bars. and right? just saying, It's going to hit different when you're actually like outside. You True.
0: Know? And all the girls are going to be singing to it, even though it's dissing all of them.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Facts. All right, before we get to the list, too, a quick shout out before, you know, have a couple of dear friends who are really into this. Quick shout out to K-pop. BTS didn't release anything, but it's not as bad of a genre as some people like to so I'll, I'll just quick little shout out. Woods, his EP, Only Lovers Left, which he showed me was really good, actually. Bambi, I'm going to butcher this name by Bakun, I think. Bakun? I don't know. I don't speak Korean. All I know is da Two solid K-pop albums if you're trying to just dip your foot in the water for K-pop of 2021. That way I don't get accused of completely ignoring them. You guys have any other like kind of off the wall genres that we might miss? Any apologies to any other genres or should we just get going?
2: Um, not necessarily genres, but I will say, I feel like obviously as the years progress now more than ever, the music of the world is getting more intertwined True. because of the internet. And so it's, it's always really cool whenever I'm on TikTok and I just see, you know, a certain genre of music, but in a completely different language with completely different customs and cultures. And that's just one thing that, it's really exciting to to just see that every everybody is enjoying the same thing and also putting their own spin on it.
0: Yeah, for sure. The fact that we have, you know, guys like Jay Balvin and Bad Bunny or uh even, you know, other artists from France and stuff becoming mainstream. And like we said, K-pop Korean artists who are doing songs in Korean and people just accept that not it's not under that giant umbrella that we should throw world music, you know, just because it wasn't in English, that it's become more mainstream so yeah i completely agree all right so let's just get started let's go through my list if you, again like if you guys have anything stop me and then we'll get to some of the ones that i missed right off the bat though this is almost kind of in like chronological order of how they were released mostly um an artist that harris and i were lucky enough to see in concert back when concerts were still a thing uh arlo parks her album collapsed in sun sun dreams i think it was called Great, great debut. That's going to be a rising star. That was one of my favorites. If you want to look at a song to kind of introduce you into Arlo Parks, Eugene is a great one to start off with. Um, she also does a really good like Frank Ocean covers, especially of Ivy. Arlo Parks, if it's a name you haven't heard, go check her out. An amazing voice. Young woman out of uh, Britain. Harrison, you can speak on this. What do you think of this album? I know it was definitely I don't know how high up there it was for you, but this was one of my favorites. Definitely, you know, kind of best new artist. Coming onto the scene, she's going to be a huge name. Get into her now.
2: Yeah, I mean, her voice, her her range of singing is just there's this warmth to her music. She's Billie Eilish's favorite artist of last year, um, and so uh, 2020, not 2021, but she's going to be a, a future superstar for sure. Already making waves um, overseas and here domestically, and she kind of reminds me. Uh, the feeling that I get listening to her music is, is very similar to when I listen to give in terms of just yeah. a, a real soulfulness that just hits you and, and makes you feel uh, a specific emotion uh, that, you know, very few artists can, can reach with just, with just that type of, of singing.
0: Yeah. And Luke, I don't know if you're into Arlo Parks at all, but if you do definitely speak on her, but how do you feel about a name that Harrison just mentioned there? Give had another new album that a made my list of when it's all said and done heartbreak anniversary is obviously one that is a jam kind of became you know it's definitely one that we were on for a little bit before it became you know mainstream tiktok song and i'm not bragging i just it's one of those moments where you like love a song so much and then all of a sudden it gets played over and over and over again and that love kind of drains out of you which kind of made me a little bit not so you know accepting of Givion's album maybe i go back give it another shot but what do you think of Givion and if you've heard anything about Arlo Parks those two albums right there
1: yeah no i i haven't heard of Arlo Parks so uh definitely looking forward to uh checking out um his her, her. male female okay uh definitely looking forward to checking out her her music after we're done here but in regards to, to Givion it's it's funny uh i don't know if you guys saw but like he was dating Justine Skye, who's also, you know, a pretty popular R&B artist and uh she caught him cheating uh on and it, you can look into it on your own time but just like my man definitely uh lives out his lyrics uh we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that uh, but uh as far as a project man um yeah super talented uh buttery vocals uh his voice is just very very unique um but uh yeah I just uh I don't even know if it's like I shouldn't be complimenting my man for being <laughs> super toxic but uh definitely lives out his lyrics like I said, so uh at least yeah. you know he's not making it up right exactly
0: <laughs> he's living his truth, Harrison, what would you think of that album was a little bit disappointing just because you were on on before you know his studio debut back? in days of AP EPs and stuff, did it kind of last with you as much as you thought it might as big of a Giveon fan as you were?
2: Um, it was a, it was a rehash of some of the songs off of his previous EP. So it was only, I think five new songs, one of which was like a 40 minute uh, intro interlude. early. Um, I, and I did enjoy it, but I, I do have to admit, like when he started blowing up on TikTok there's just something that made me not listen to him as much. Um, I'll revisit him here and there, but there was a period of time towards the end of 2020, early 2021, when I was listening to Giveon on all the time. And it was just really cool. I thought I had discovered a new artist that barely anybody knew. And then all of a sudden, bam, he gets on a feature with Bieber and his TikTok song, you know, heartbeat anniversary blows up as well. Um, and then ever since then, I just haven't really been paying much attention, but I am excited. I know he's working on a new project right now, a full-length debut album. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about, about that one when it comes up. All
0: right, we'll move from R&B over to a genre real quick that, I don't know, Luke, if you can have any suggestions on this one, but I'll throw it to Harrison. S.G. Lewis had an album called Times, came out this year. Definitely kind of that, I mean, you can be better at the more specific Genres of EDM—they're all over the place, and they all have their unique names. But S.G. Lewis was one that I really enjoyed of a genre that I don't always enjoy, especially electronic music. I'm kind of hit or miss, you know. More into like the progressive house, and when there's a pop hook on it, you know, a name that I enjoy. You know, if Dua Lipa does a song with Calvin Harris or something like, yeah, that's gonna get me into the EDM world. But I'm not so much a bass head who's banging on, you know, to res and um, you know some of the harder stuff like. I don't even know what kind of music is even out there, but like all those, you know, dubstep noises and stuff like that. EDM is much bigger than that. So what were some of your highlights of the electronic world? Kind of speak to that genre Harrison. Obviously I mentioned SG Lewis, the Rufus to soul album was Rufus to soul. It sounded just like Rufus songs. Those songs they released on that album, I think it was called surrender, right? Or maybe that was one of those songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, surrender. yeah. And with the single alive was one of the best ones for me, but So, yeah, just kind of recap the uh, EDM genre and some of your highlights of 2021 for us.
2: Yeah, EDM right now is in a really unique situation. Previously, before, it was kind of all the hits were manufactured and made by these big labels and also certain, you know, big time artists that have been in the game for decades. I mean, we're talking like Tiesto Hardwell, Halford Jack, Steve Aoki, David Guetta, uh, Calvin Harris. And nowadays, more than ever, I think this you could even see it in terms of like festival billings, for example. There's not necessarily any more big EDM names, instead, there's a ton of really amazing um, EDM artists that are doing things in their own lane, different genres, um, different sounds. And yeah, for me, I mean, I love Rufus the Soul. I think for them, they are easily one of the best EDM. Groups, uh, they make house music, but it's really accessible to a lot of people. Um, I would say they're easily probably them and Odessa are like the two most loved EDM groups. Um, as far as albums go this year, though, that definitely was my favorite. But I do want to give a shout out to just a few singles here and there. It was a really, really big year for house, I think, more than ever. That's taken over as the number one genre in in that category. So I would say uh, you and I saw him in concert and he's going to be pretty much on every single festival building next year. We don't know if he's 16, 20 or 23, <laughs> but John summit has been making some really fantastic bangers this year. Um, uh, collaborations with Sophie Tucker, who we saw as well. Um, he did a remix of drinky, which is, re- is really great. And uh sun goes down with Sophie Tucker was really amazing. And then his new song humans. I've been just listening to a lot. So. I would say I'm, I'm excited for him when he ends up dropping his debut album as well. But he, he's definitely 2022. 20, John Sum going to be the biggest EDM artist in the world.
0: Uh, you heard it here first, Luke. Do you have anything in the electronic genre before we move to our next little subcategory?
1: I do not. Um, so I, I figured. Will, <laughs> yeah, Luke, um, I know, right? Surprise, surprise. Uh, I will say what the Rufus. I do remember. Uh, them being featured in Ballers. So like when you mentioned uh, them <laughs> at the top when you're introducing this genre, I was like, yo, like I'm pretty sure they have a song in Ballers, which has been cancelled. Um, yeah, they fit that HBO vibe. Riding so. on
0: a boat in Miami, Rufus' Soul kind exactly.
1: of fits that, yeah. fits that
0: vibe.
1: So yeah, that's all I got.
0: Alright, let's keep it moving. Um, I think the next category I want to get to is a genre that's really near and dear to my heart definitely one that i love a lot more than both of you guys do and that's kind of like that alternative rock band genre which is like my favorite so i'll just run through a couple my highlights from that little group middle kids is a band who uh definitely not you know huge huge uh they were at that festival that we went to harrison firefly definitely way earlier in the day you know this is one that you're going to see on the smaller fonts but it's much more of a uh almost kind of like an operatic album, you know, definitely one that sounds like a movie soundtrack. And those are some of my favorite types of music. When you hear a song or you can hear a whole album and as you listen to it, you kind of, you know, stare out the window and you picture like a scene, like maybe it applies to scenes in your life or just like feels like one of those coming of age movies. And they have all those songs that kind of just represent that they feel cinematic And Middle Kids, their album today, were the Greatest, definitely one of the ones. uh, Start With Questions, it's a really good song. If you want to get introduced to them, um, an album that we liked, Harrison, uh, kind of that same vibe as London Grammar, their second album, or maybe third, Californian Soil came out. We were really, really hyped for it. Maybe didn't quite live up to the hype, but the lead singer's voice for London Grammar is absolutely unreal, almost like ethereal. She sounds ridiculous no matter what song it is, even if the song doesn't work around it, her voice kind of just moves you to a different place. Like you were talking about, you know, you just feel that emotion and that's the best part of music. So that's an album there. If you should check out the couple others, Brisson Maroney kind of fits in this category, even though he's a solo guy, he was, I think my number one artist on or number two artist behind Coldplay. Cause of course, Coldplay was first for me in my Spotify Wrapped. Go check him out. Uh, start with sinking. The album's called sunflower. He's going to be a huge name. That's rising up kind of that Ed Sheeran. Vibe, but a lot less poppy, more on the rock side. Uh Julian Baker, another great. She's a friend of Phoebe Bridgers, if you know that name. Little Oblivions. Start with the song Hardline. I can go on and on and on. Um, of course, there's you know, Sam Fender is another name that's going to be massive. He's huge in the UK right now. He's going to blow up over here if you know him. He basically sounds like a British like a super, super British, his accent's crazy, but Bruce Springsteen and you hear him do Bruce Springsteen covers. He sounds just like him. Uh, his second album, 17 going under was unreal. He's a great storyteller. Like you said, Luke, these are lyrics, you know, that kind of, you feel like he lived them, you know, you know, he really talks about like where he's from his hometowns and kind of a political commentary, but with just a great, like Brock band and he has a great Bandits back in him. So those are some of the highlights. The number one album in this category, though, if you only pick one, you don't really like alternative music and you just want one to kind of immerse yourself into, definitely Blue Weekend by Wolf Alice. It's a band that you might have heard of maybe like a couple of songs. So they were on commercials a lot. Go listen to this album. Start with the last man on earth. It's just incredible. That's all I have to say. It's absolutely unreal. One of my favorite albums of the entire year. So, yeah, that's kind of my recap of the alternative indie genre. I am, you know, that classic indie guy. Like, I don't know if you've seen that TikTok where it's like the POV of an indie boy's room and he walks in and he just says like, oh, over here, I have a poster of Tame Impala. And like, "Do you want to listen to some music? I have Tame Impala and Tame Impala and Tame Impala. So, yeah, that's me. I'm that guy. That whole genre is kind of the recap of 2021. Harrison, you have anything to add in the alternative indie rock genre?
2: far as alternative indie rock uh Claire is definitely one of my favorite artists she came out this year's sling um and it's a bit of a departure from her sound of like bedroom pop um and more into the lane of what Jack Antonoff has been producing this year with Lord. um I I did enjoy that album. It's still one that's growing on me. I think it's her most mature record yet. So I've been listening to that one throughout the year and trying to understand it a little bit more and her vision. Um, but that's definitely one that that I enjoyed this year.
0: Yeah, true. Good call. That was one that we were looking forward to a lot. Luke, have you dabbled in this genre at all in 2021 or even maybe before then?
1: bro so it's interesting uh my oldest godbrother um is a bass player um so uh mixes rec- uh, records on the side so works <clears throat> at a tech company and pretty musical so like he just i just remember him playing a bunch of just indie rock and rock in general um so like, let's see again the fray i don't know if you would that might be more pop rock uh POP. yeah i think they lost their
0: indie credit <laughs>
1: uh yeah there we go um pod um and yeah man like I, I i i wouldn't call like as you can tell like i'm not like nowadays it's, it's funny like my my list is going to be a hundred percent hip-hop and r&b um but yeah i, I kind of grew up on it you know uh but uh yeah, I I don't dabble anymore. So uh, again, no help here.
0: All right, but before we wrap up and move on to the next genre, just some more quick names. Uh, Churches, another great indie band. They had an album that came out. Manchester Orchestra had another album this year that was great. Uh, Inhaler is a band from Ireland. The lead singer is Bono's son, actually. Another great album. Greta Van Vliet's second album came out this year. Super, super indie picks if you're into this kind of thing. Sun June, Wild Pink, a band called Easy Life, uh, The Marias, uh, Snail Mail had another album this year that was really good. LP, she's really amazing. Lucy Dacus, another Phoebe Bridgers friend, one of the better albums. Tash Tana came out with a second album. I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit, Harrison, but that's someone we love. Obviously not as good as her first one, which is going to be really hard to live up to. But that woman is uh, is from a different planet. And just go watch her tiny desk if you need any proof. Girl in Red a great album in this category. Uh, Yeah. And that pretty much kind of, I've gave you a ton of names. You're not going to remember any of them by the time we're done. And we'll move on to a category where a lot of us, I think going to be able to speak a little bit more to it. And that is the, I don't want to pigeonhole them in kind of like the pop star, but like the female lead, right. We have, you know, obviously the icons of Beyonce and Rihanna. And then this genre is kind of blown up. To a place where finally, you know, these women are headlining, like Dua Lipa, headlining arena tours. Billie Eilish is headlining, you know, music festivals around the world. Now, Olivia Rodrigo step on the scene, and Taylor Swift, one of the queens of this genre, had a huge 2021. So, before I get to kind of where I was going, I'll throw it to Harrison first. What are some of the, uh, you know, female leads, the pop albums that kind of jumped out to you this year?
2: All right. Yeah. So I guess before I even start with any female artist, this is the year that I had come to the realization that Taylor Swift is the goat because year after year, you know, Grammy after Grammy, I'm just thinking to myself like, Hmm, I know she, this girl is selling out arenas throughout the United States. She's popular throughout the entire world and everyone loves her, but I still don't get it. And it wasn't until I started listening to other female artists that kind of fall that 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 she kind of birthed essentially um it, it made me realize the significance that she has in the genre so obviously uh with her nomination i know that wasn't an album that she had this year but it kind of goes into other artists that have had uh, a really uh a big year i would say um the artist that had the biggest year out of if we want to frame it within the context of gen z would definitely be olivia rodrigo uh dropping nice. Sour. And, you know, there's always a time and place throughout different eras where you kind of feel like certain, not that they're a a plant or that uh, certain uh, industry labels are trying to manufacture a specific artist. Um, But with Olivia Rodrigo, she kind of fills the niche of catering music to younger people, right? So um, you can almost like kind of categorize it as, a Disney artist, for example, she obviously is, isn't a Disney artist, but even more than that, what impresses me about her is just her songwriting capability and the way that she's able to just show such maturity for her age, and also, um, you know, not be afraid to put herself out there at that young of an age. And I, I think one of the reasons that she's able to do that obviously is because um, she she got the inspiration from. Taylor Swift and a lot of the other female artists that have been able to, to gather inspiration from Taylor as well, have um, all kind of said similar things, how Taylor was really a, a person that allowed these artists to put their emotions out um, through word and sound. And so Olivia Rodrigo, definitely a, a really big year. Two other artists I want to mention as well, um, Doja Cat, probably had the biggest year out of any female artist. If you look at her stream numbers, I mean, Planet Her, like pretty much every single song on that album has almost half a billion streams. That's ridiculous. And that, that's just on Spotify. We're not even counting Apple Music. So I'm pretty sure every single one of her songs has at least 1 billion streams. <laughs> and another artist um, that I found this year through actually the TikTok community, which is crazy to even think about. That's just the thing now, is uh, Pink Panthers. She's this 20 uh, year old yes. uh, from overseas in the UK. And she really blew up big on tiktok and um i just really like her sound and and kind of the vibe that she gives off so those are three artists that i definitely want to want to mention this year
0: yeah luke what do you think about kind of the uh i think this was really if you want to make it a genre of the female lead was the genre of 2021 what were some of your highlights in that category
1: yeah no i i love those harry um i'm surprised though you didn't mention adele is that is that too mainstream to yeah i was gonna get to her
2: for, for you or listen man i didn't want to name i didn't want to name everybody i had to give <laughs> i had to give you guys some shine too to, to name some female owners so
1: nah <laughs> i got you um yeah no i'm i'm, I'm gonna go a, a little bit uh different of a of a route here with just some of these acts so um jasmine sullivan uh released uh, a project called hotels or hoax tales however you want to Go about pronouncing that. No, she's not from uh, Bayou Country, Louisiana. But um, dude, I just, you know, I'm a huge R and B head. Um, and from top to bottom, I mean she had Anderson Pack on there, Ari Lennox, um, her, uh, so uh, just from top to bottom that album was uh or EP, uh whatever you wanna call it. Um it was really good, really well done, and she just can just sing her tail off. So definitely feel like she's worth mentioning, uh, in this discussion and, uh, somebody who actually made my list. Um, I don't know if you all have heard of little Sims, but, uh, sometimes oh, sure. i might be an mm-hmm. introvert. Uh, so, uh, shout out to Niger, British Nigerian, uh, rapper whose album, I just remember listening, uh, like opening up, um, the album on, um, Apple Music and yes I use Apple Music uh, to all the listeners out there that are going to try to clown me for listening to Apple Music (laughs) but uh, I just remember opening uh, her project and just like dude it sounded like I was watching a movie right Um, it feels like a Bond movie crazy bro super cinematic Um, so uh, yeah I I agree with uh, you Harrison with Doja Cat I it's funny though like she was cancelled for a little bit I know right
0: everybody forgets about that. that
1: Yeah, but like <laughs> you can't. I mean, I I think it's similar with like the baby. Like, you, it's hard to cancel talent. You know what I'm saying? True. Like, and like I don't know how you guys feel about that. That might be another pop for another day. But like, the baby's here and he ain't going nowhere. Um, and I feel like the same thing with Doja. Man, uh, she is definitely a a star and will continue to ascend. But uh, props to Jasmine Sullivan. Uh, Little Sims uh, absolutely deserves to be worth uh, or to be mentioned in this conversation as well. Um, and then Adele's project was, um, you know, phenomenal uh, as well, on brand. But uh, she has a a method, she has a uh, recipe, as she sticks to it, and it's um, got to do numbers, and it, it did just that. So,
0: yeah, I'm. I was looking at this list, and of course, one of the best parts, like you said, about Little Sims was a name that I just mentioned, you know, in my head and thought like, oh, that'll be in the rap category. You know, did not even really think of her yeah. as kind of like this upfront female lead. And that was something that was really cool, like you said, about Doja Cat and Little Sims of having those female leads, Meg the Stallion, another name who was huge in 2021, of being able to dominate. You know, we had for so long, it was Nicki Minaj was the only one. And then Cardi came into the scene and it was kind of like, these are the only two female rappers. And, you know, obviously there was a lot more, but those were the only two that kind of, you know, elevated to that could headline a festival type of status. Or, you know, if they're doing a show in an arena, they're the headliner. And it's so cool to see that we have a lot more of that. And I think the big part of that is how many cross genres, right? Like you were talking about Little Sims. Obviously, you know, some of those songs there could fit as a soundtrack to a movie, which, you know, felt classical and felt like grounded in um, kind of like these big open spaces. And then you have a couple of other songs where she just spits, right? And just goes off, just bars and kind of like keeps up with that pace of oh you think i don't have the credit you know to be a female rapper no i I am a rapper just a rapper and i can do these other cool things and make it more artistic and make it a whole album which is something that you know kind of gets lost like you said harrison of like this gen z generation you know people hear about a tiktok song and stuff like that it was kind of cool to see that the album the whole you know from start to finish could still be something you know Olivia Rodrigo obviously comes on the scene with Driver's License and that's one song but after a while it was oh no this girl's going to be around a while and it wasn't did you hear Olivia Rodrigo's new song it was have you heard Olivia Rodrigo's new album which was really cool because if you see any of the you know few concerts that she's done her fans are like 12 so the fact <laughs> that they actually still you know care about an entire album and can you know name song after song and, like you said, Harrison, for this generation, that all comes from Taylor Swift. Like, when you talk about Taylor Swift, for all the hits that she has, you still talk about her albums, right? When you talk about Taylor Swift in that discussion, she's reached that level of it's the 1990, 1989 era, it's the red era. And as she's doing these re releases, people get transported back to those times. And you know, obviously, All Too Well is a great song and one of the songs. It's crazy, bro.
2: I, you know, it's, like, it's kind, that kind, time. Kind, of, kind of similarly similarly between like Kanye and Taylor. They both they have like a branch tree line of all the people that, you know, they've made big over the years. And it it's it's really interesting because their stories kind of run parallel um, and they have have been connected throughout the years in a way. But I would say in terms of like musical artists, Taylor has birthed just as many significant artists as, as Kanye. In a, yeah, for in sure. A sense.
0: Yeah. And just looking at this list, like you said, Harrison, some of the people that kind of, come from that generation of like Billie Eilish, you know, being where she's at now. Her huge, I really like the second album. It didn't, you know, didn't hit as much as the first album at first, um, but it's definitely one that's grown on me. Seeing her live, her stage presence for her age is absolutely unreal, where she doesn't look out of place at all as, you know, just a female lead up there headlining festivals all around the world. She was supposed to, you know, headline Glastonbury with Taylor Swift. So Uh, names like that, names like Lord, who's another... You know, didn't really love her third album. Not as good as the first two, just because the first two were so amazing. But that's another artist who, you know, has worked with Taylor Swift and becomes kind of, you know, of that that second class that you can trace back to it. So those are a couple of names there that released albums this year. Her, a great album, like you said, Luke. She's been everywhere, appearing on other people's stuff. But her actual album was really, really good. Obviously, Doja Cat, Olivia Rodrigo, Sour is probably in, you know, it depends on where I make the cutoff, but Sour was in my top favorite, you know, albums of the year. Pink Panthers, like you said, is another up and comer. Uh, a couple other little indie names that might be bigger if we did this, you know, in twenty at the end of twenty twenty two. Griff is this artist out of um, England. She has like a Chinese background as well. She's amazing. She's going to be a huge name if she makes it overseas. Uh, she's already blowing up over in the UK. Remy Wolf is another name that a lot of people, you know, kind of that TikTok generation. Olivia Rodrigo adjacent could be a name that comes up. And then I don't know if you want to speak to this at all, Harrison, but one of our favorites, Casey Musgraves, had another album this year. What did you think of Casey?
2: Yeah, I don't. It's really hard to recapture uh, Golden Hour. I mean, I mean that that album won, you know, album of the year over some really amazing artists in that category. Um, but as far as Starcross, I did enjoy the project, just not as much. Um, Casey's definitely in her pop bag now, which is there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, artists evolve over the time. And I think uh, for her, you know, I'm the type of person that really enjoys when, a, when an artist is able to express themselves and be vulnerable because of heartbreak, I think for somebody to go through that, and and put it out there a lot of the times some people see that as um someone's best work. And so for I'm sure that album hit home for a, a lot of people. Um and yeah, she had she had a big year herself.
0: Yeah, and of course, like Luke said another divorce album, the divorce album everyone was talking about, Adele deserves to be in this conversation. Can I get it one of Adele's best songs period, not even just from that album uh, to deliver a lot of the you know the ones that we're talking about here is and especially in this next category that I'm about to throw it to is the hype, right? So much about our culture and pop culture now is about the hype and kind of the discussion of before the thing even becomes a thing is more of a discussion than after, you know, like, and Adele is one of those ones who we waited years and years for this. Everybody was waiting for it. And I think that was one of the ones that kind of lived up to the hype. So speaking of hype, the most hype genre that there is, is rap. Luke, I'll throw it to you first. What did you think of twenty twenty one and rap? What are your favorite albums? Who won the Who won the game this year? I have my list, of course. It's gonna. I have one that's way above the rest, which both of you already know what it is. And then a kind of like a second tier for me. But what was in your top tier for rap in twenty twenty one?
1: I feel I feel like Tyler the Creator, uh, arguably, and I, I guess that's what we're doing for fun, right? Just kind of talking about it. Um, but yeah, I, I think. Uh, he had the best album of this year, Call Me If You Get Lost. Um, I think just thinking about where he was 10, 11 years ago, just with odd feature, just out here walling out with, <laughs> you know, Earl Sweatshirt and, and, and Taco and it's crazy. Frank Ocean is also a part of that that click. But like y'all were talking about Taylor Swift's influence. Like you look at Tyler's tree of influence—it's—it's mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. pretty uh, substantial too. But I think from Flower Boy, which I want to say dropped in 2017, so t- Flower Boy, Flower Boy, Igor, and then now with Call Me If You Got Lost, I think the—the the growth is right there. It's very, very evident. But um, to me, just musically, sonically, um, lyrically, the—the the content. Um him talking about his growth and maturation process. I think, yeah, it's you know, the best album of the year, um, in my personal opinion. Um I would say off season. I'm gonna I'm just gonna have a bunch of big acts on here. Just yeah,
0: for sure. I mean that's out. what my list is too.
1: Um, and like, this isn't pitchforks list. This is a complex <laughs> list. This is like literally like me pulling up my phone, going on Apple music and seeing what did I listen to? Yeah, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the pundits like to pull off of each other. So this is an organic list. Just, uh, throwing that out there too. Um, but yeah, off season Cole, uh, shout out Fayville. Um, man. Yeah. Somebody pissed him off. <laughs> um, because he was really talking his talk. Um, on his project, really looking forward to the fall off, um, which is rumored to to be his his last hurrah, but we all know about rappers saying that yeah. they're gonna retire and it actually doesn't happen. Um but yeah, offseason is a close second uh for me. This might be a shocker to to y'all, but Chomp three, uh this is Russ, um, which came out. Recently, uh, a few weeks ago, but I mean, my man can rap, you know, he's a rapper, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And um, I like his vision. I like what he talks about, um, independent artists. So like, yeah, that just gives him room to, you know, talk his talk. And like, again, he does numbers and um, he owns his music, which he talks about a lot as well. So just like this whole theme of independence, we saw with Chance for a little bit. Um, Jay-Z is kind of the... Um, poster child as far as just like doing it independently but uh, I think Russ definitely deserves some consideration as well Um, Vince Staples uh, with his um, album Vince Staples which released this summer I thought was really really good to somebody who's just super super sharp Uh, very smart dude Um, also of that Tyler the Creator tree yeah that intellectual
0: Um, rap I think that's kind of one of Tyler's best of the young generation, they kind of fit in those two categories of SoundCloud, mumble rap, which can be good. I'm not, you know, not trying to hate on it. Yeah. And then the guys who are actually trying to say something. And that kind of yeah. comes from Tyler. Exactly.
1: Impact. Exactly. So like, I, I thought Vince's project was really good. And then uh, another Niger boy to, to round out my top five for Lauren too with, with Wale, Um rubs people the wrong way just because you know (laughs) he has a chip on his shoulder from just the politics of the industry. I'm not gonna act like I'm a A and R or music executive, (laughs) so I don't know exactly what all that entails. But you know, some of it can be assumed, a lot of it can, but yeah, I, I think of the blog era, as far as just like, you know, those rappers that that have been relevant for a long time, that and, like, that's another conversation for another day. But, like, as far as relevancy and if that means anything. But, yeah, I, I think he's consistently put out quality projects, quality music. Quality music, excuse me. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I thought for too um was a dope record as well, a dope album. So, uh, yeah, that's my top five. All
0: right. it's so a solid list. You, you mixed it in, you know, not all massive, massive names still showing that you have a little bit you know you're not the mainstream rap head that a lot of people are but Harrison as I toss to you to kind of give you a recap of 2020 and rap he left off two they're not might not be the best because he gave us his top five but he left off mm-hmm. two of the biggest albums of the year point big period no matter the genre so I'm interested if you're gonna hit on those two and then he did leave off my favorite rap album of the year so what were some of yours Harrison
2: yeah I mean, I the Island Boys they they went crazy. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> well, I do want to say one thing about to Luke's point about Tyler the Creator. I I haven't been able to listen to his newest record, but I know if I were to listen to it, I think it's it's too late now, obviously. But I think that would also be my favorite rap album because a few weeks ago I started really listening to a lot of Tyler's projects. So I, I didn't realize that the man is like in the, the Tame Impala lane of creating every single sound that you hear on a record. And once I was able to just sit down and listen to Igor, I got such a huge appreciation for Tyler as an artist. And I, I thought to myself, like this isn't the same guy that was doing gore, you know, rap or whatever that like horror genre was a long time ago. This is like, this is such a, a, a brand new you know, artist. He's so, um, musically gifted, he has such a fantastic vision. So I definitely am looking forward to, to, listening to Tyler's, um, new album very soon. But yeah, in regards to you, Sean, the, the two albums, obviously that were the most discussed this year, it was almost like a versus battle between the two. Donda <laughs> and, and certified lover boy. Yeah. Um, and then I think both of our personal favorite albums this year, have, um, or at least for mine, I don't know if I can speak for you, but that would definitely be uh, we're all learning this together by Dave. Yeah, that's and the one. just to t- I'll touch on that in just a bit. I want to re- revisit Donda and Certified Lover Boy real quick, just because um, in terms of like hype, those are the most two hyped albums this year, and we'll see what happens. Um, which album will end up staying the test of time? Personally, for me, I think Donda has. A lot. It's it's not a flawless album by any means. Uh, it's not one of Kanye's best best albums. But in terms of like specific moments on the album, I mean, we're talking songs that continue to be talked about to this day, and will probably be continued to talked about throughout the entire decade. Um, and I just think that just is a testament to Kanye's vision for creating the soundscape that continues to move throughout time. And as far as Drake's records go, I mean, he's always going to be putting up numbers. And uh, I think for for people that enjoy Drake's music, um, you know, any any song, any album that he puts out, people will continue to to enjoy um, his music. So definitely a big year for the both of them. And then obviously with the co- collaboration at the end of the year for for their concert, uh, it was a big year for both artists, but. I just want to go back to Dave because actually this was the time I think when Sean was in Tokyo yeah. during the Olympics and he ends up sending me this record and I'd, I don't think I'd ever listened to Dave besides one song that I didn't even realize was fun, him, which was Tiago Silva. And at the time I was like, this is just a fun track. But the first time that I had listened to the, that album, I honestly didn't have – uh visceral reaction like that since probably I want to say like Good Kid Man City by Kendrick. And there's just so many incredible things about that album. I think Dave obviously is a you know he, he can make a couple bops here and there, but he's definitely a conscious rapper and has some amazing uh abilities to to songwrite and kind of paint a picture. The the whole album concept itself was kind of um situated in terms of uh, uh, watching a film um, play out. And so it's essentially a story of his life and his people's lives and the things that he observes within his um, world. But last thing I want to say about that album is uh, definitely the best hip hop song I think I've heard in the last five years was Heart Attack. And again, that- Ridiculous. I, to put like the similarities between that album and Good Kid Mad City, I mean, to this day, I still think the greatest hip hop song of all time is um, Sing About Me, Dying of Thirst by Kendrick. Just because of, I mean, like the poetry that's being conveyed throughout that song and listening to Heart Attack, you know, the, the story, the message, and especially the wordplay. I mean, this man was saying some bars that were like quadruple entendres that I didn't even realize until, you know, sitting down and really like listening to the words and thinking about what he's trying to say. It, for me, like music in terms of listening, there's, you know, casual enjoyment, but I think for all of us, we all really enjoy, especially within hip hop, um, artist's ability to, you know, create uh, a lot of, you know, similes, metaphors, idioms, uh, wordplay, punchlines. That's always, a really amazing part so that's what i love about dave so much um and yeah i would say if i had to choose two of my favorite i wouldn't say favorite but most listened to albums this year it would definitely be donda and um we're all on this together
0: yeah and definitely you know kind of that same wavelength dave was one of my favorites of the year Um, like you said Harrison just those first songs it was a visceral reaction and that's kind of the best part of music when you have it's one that we don't really have as much anymore especially in 2021 I was kind of lacking that those albums that I'll have a lasting tie to you know you think back of you think back of songs that take you to a place but you can think back of like you know classic albums from the day and you know it puts you back right in a time of exactly where you were and I know this one is going to always put me back like you said in that trip in Tokyo where I was in that kind of time space and just like you said the the craft that the language craft that he uses is unreal unlike anyone i would ever even heard before and plus it sounds so much cooler in his accent too so dave yeah definitely one of the best albums for me luke before we get to this last category here like best of the rest and wrap it up your thoughts on the two biggest albums of the year arguably especially in rap with donda and certified lover boy if you have any thoughts on dave too which is one of uh harrison and i's favorite albums
1: yeah, no, shout out to to y'all for putting me on to, to Dave. I thought that was a, a great album. Uh I think also anytime somebody is has a hint of Nigerian, you will hear it from me. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he he's also um British Nigerian. But, yeah,
0: uh, his mom's, uh, I think, commentary. Oh, okay.
1: All right, bet. Um, but no, I, I thought it was a great um great project. The song with um Stormzy and all Yo. of them no course just like dudes just going back and forth trying to one up each other uh forget the name of that track but in the fire yeah yeah in the oh fire my that's my Man. favorite um yeah just yeah so I, i'm glad i i hope i hope he i don't want to say like blows because like when when people blow up when artists blow up you can you know, see their music get a little bit more commercialized and start to become more of the industry plants that we uh, scorn as far as dudes that really like true, pure, authentic music. But yeah, man, I hope he gets the recognition he deserves because the super, super talented MC. Um, as far as CLB and, and Donda, uh, I, I thought they were both good considering... You know, the artists, these are mm-hmm. two legends, um, not just in rap and hip hop, but in music all in all. I think, you know, with Donda and yeah, man, I, I thought it was a solid project from Kanye. And I love Kanye. Like when he came through Raleigh with the graduation tour in 2007, like I just saw how like that shifted just the way people were dressing how they were talking (laughs) like it just shifted like a culture where i was from so like and that's when i really started to get into hip-hop so i appreciate that from him um but yeah man i just as far as just the rollout with the concerts uh and the shows which were great to follow versus like the actual project i i just it, it it wasn't they weren't parallel to me and uh, I thought it was a lot of records, um, just kind of long, great records on there. But, you know, was hoping for cohesion, was hoping yeah. for a little bit uh, something more tighter musically. Um, but all in all, I thought it was solid. But I, I just thought these guys that I mentioned um, had better uh, albums uh, than than Donda. I mean, might not be a bigger name than Kanye West and rap. Other than Drake, uh, as of right now, but um, yeah, I, I think with Certified Lover Boy, um, again, like similar to Kanye, like when Drake puts something out, you're expecting greatness. You know, you're expecting something that yeah, that hype uh, is that, so high. It's hard exactly, to, to exactly, exactly. Um, and yeah, I was hoping, and I think he has new music that he's going to put out relatively soon. I, I, I don't think this was you know, that crazy revolutionary album that we were kind of on the edge of our seats anticipating. So um, with that, I'm cutting him a little bit of slack just with the pandemic and whatnot, probably a strategic move by his team. Um, I will say it's grown on me. Uh, I was listening to Race My Mind for like eight hours straight, <laughs> uh, I feel like, the other day. Um but Yeah, yeah I,
0: it's that's a question of, you know, like Harrison said, which one's going to have, you know, the more lasting power? Which one of these albums, like you said, they both have so many songs. Are we actually, you know, when it comes on, you're going to think like, oh, that's a hit because both of these guys have so many of those songs that are going to last forever. It's, it'll be interesting to see how much from these two albums are going to hit like that. I feel like Donda might have a little bit more, but if you made me pick one, I feel like, you know, the – Drake's "Too Sexy" might be the song that gets played the most out of both albums.
2: I'm telling you guys on one now. So, someday in the future, when we have kids, they're gonna they're gonna play "Way Too Sexy" one day. we <laughs> yeah. out of nowhere, and we're gonna be like, "Man, this song this this is a hit." <laughs> yeah,
0: it's like the song they didn't get it to do, you know. So and when that
2: oh wait one more thing that I, I, I wanted want to
0: you... yeah go ahead, Luke. And
2: then
1: no, sorry. I just, I, I was just gonna say, if that happens, I am taking their device away. From <laughs> them. They're no longer allowed to to listen to music. The fact there's that that's is crazy to me.
2: Um, I, I can't believe I forgot to mention this. I feel kind of disrespectful, but actually, one of my favorite new artists this year, um, has definitely been Baby Keem. I can't yeah, remember that. Yeah, I, I forgot about Keem, but um, I definitely really enjoyed his melodic Blue album, I found Mm -hmm. it in a way similar to when Travis was dropping like days before rodeo in terms of like, there were some really great conceptual and ideas and, um, from like a sonic standpoint, uh, concepts as well. But I feel like he's only touching the surface of like the artist that he can be. Um, and I mean, there's just like so many songs on that album that I've really enjoyed. Uh, especially scars with the kanye west um love lockdown sample that was a really good song and there was a lot of great features on there as well i mean you had two ken like legendary kendrick uh verses coming back and and kind of telling everybody that um don't forget about you know who who the number one person in hip-hop is when he wants to be Mm -hmm. um but yeah, uh, definitely Keem is, is someone to look out yeah. for in the future. And the last thing I will say, biggest disappointment of the year <laughs> has got to be double Mr. Double R, Roddy Rich. What I mean, happened, I was man? So, man, I'm so disappointed in that album because Roddy, again, was somebody that I thought to myself, like, okay, his debut album, I really enjoyed his album. He's only scratching the surface of his potential. But now after listening to his sophomore record, I'm thinking to myself, the man the man probably gave his gave his best in that freshman record and and uh it is what it is but (laughs) that has to be the biggest disappointment for me this year by far It, it was a sour way to end the year in terms of releases for me
0: yeah it's up there for me my biggest disappointment too i think if you made me pick one my biggest disappointment would be lord just because i loved her so much still do and her album kind of fell a little bit short for me there's a couple songs on there but it just didn't really hit and that's kind of what you're looking for with the album you like you just want it to hit so as we wrap it up best of the rest let's not i'm gonna knock out a few here and then i'll toss it to you guys we'll get your best top of the top of 2021 uh again really appreciate you doing this but we've talked for too long so i'm just gonna throw out the best of the rest the fan groups that you know are really have a lot of eager fans so they don't get mad top we'll start with lana del rey i know lana fans are crazy don't kill me chemtrails over country over the country club Great song. Good album. Check released two albums this year. So if you like Lana, they were pretty solid, but not the best of Lana. All the believers out there, Justin's album, Justice, gets nominated for a Grammy. Not deserved. But it was still good. It just wasn't purpose. It was better than, I think his red one, was Changes. Better than that. The song with Kid Leroy slaps. He's got a couple hmm. other songs on there that are pretty good. B-Side with Tori Kelly is actually pretty solid, but not Beaver's best. Whatever. Uh, as we move on leon bridges another great singer just kind of like you said Luke, one of those voices is just good like his album is his album it's gonna be leon bridges sounds like leon bridges listen to it puts you in a certain kind of mood puts you in a certain headspace just wanted to throw out there uh jay balvin in the kind of you know leading the league in reggaeton and kind of the, what that huge genre has blown up i think that was my favorite of 2021 bad bunny still my favorite of that genre but he didn't release an album in 2021 so nothing kind of reached that level for me but jay balvin's album jose up there in that category in that genre uh ed sheeran released a new album again good but not ed sheeran's best when like luke said when these artists get to that level where they're at a spot where you have all these expectations and they kind of you've waited years for these albums and they come out and it just kind of falls flat and maybe that's guilty of being Setting expectations too high and you get disappointed, but sorry, Ed. Didn't love Divide, I think it was, or Equals, Equals. And the last, I think, pretty much covered everything. Of course, Coldplay's album, not Coldplay's best. Like Luke said, another one where they throw it out. Sounds a little bit more commercial and, you know, not kind of those old Coldplay vibes. The song with BTS is fun. I like it. I'll admit it, even though a lot of people on the Coldplay Reddit are really, really mad about it. Again, not Coldplay's worst, but not Coldplay's best. So just kind of in there. And it's going to be obviously biased towards me. It's going to be towards the top just because it's Coldplay. But, you know, I showed it to Harrison. I've showed it to other people and definitely not the most rave reviews. So I can't, in good conscience, put it as high as I wanted to. Last one that we didn't talk to that I know probably might end up on both of your lists. An Evening with Sales Sonic, Anderson Pog, Bruno Mars, maybe Album of the Year, Absolute Fire, we didn't get to it just because it kind of doesn't really fit in a category, right? It's like that old jazz, old funk with rock. My brother showed it to my dad and he was just jamming to it one day. I pulled up, like was meeting them for lunch and he was just blasting it in his car. And was like, this feels like a complete throwback right back to the 70s. So let's get your list. Luke, you go first and we'll throw it to Harrison. You can do a top three, you can do a top four, five, 10, whatever. What is your top tier of 2021? What are the albums?
1: Yeah, uh like real like real quick um just with uh Anderson .pack um yeah and Bruno Mars I I I thought that was a solid project as well. I wish it wasn't like I felt like it was kind of drug out really long as far as like they released True. a single, leave the door open and we're like all right, bet, like this is about to be crazy. Mm-hmm. And then we we're just kind of like, all right, where's the album? And like with that, it kind of lost its, its luster for me a little bit. But still, great, great project overall. I think I want to mention two specifically, just for the R&B connoisseurs that are out there, as far as your listeners, uh, Sean, or for your listeners, I want to mention Summer Walker still over it. Oh, um, good
2: call.
1: Yeah, I feel like
2: that's baby made music. We're right talking there.
1: about with the um, just the allure that listening to music just in a different context, especially when you're, like, international or overseas. Like, I remember listening to Over It a few years ago, just when I was in Africa, and I was like, yo, what the heck is this? This sounds like (laughs) nothing I've ever listened to ever. And although I wouldn't say Still Over It is, yeah, I just feel like Over It is probably a little bit better than Still Over It, in my personal opinion, but definitely feel like that's worth mentioning since we haven't already Um, and then this is probably a name that y'all haven't heard of, but Cleo Soul, uh, this is for the true R&B heads again out there, uh, released an album called Mother, which is just super smooth. Um, it's, it's R&B, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. This is true R&B. I feel like R&B nowadays is, it's just, the vocals are different. You have Mary J. Blige, like, having songs produced with DJ Khaled, you know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's not going to get that sound that it used to, but I I feel like Mother by Cleo Soul um, definitely sounds like R&B. So uh, yeah, I just wanted to mention those two projects for the fellow R&B heads out there.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, let's get your your list, your top list, the top echelon. If you were deciding the best albums of the year, what makes your list, Luke? And then we'll go to Harrison.
1: Yeah, I I think... uh, again like i kind of mentioned I, I think tyler the creator has uh the best album of the year overall not just mm-hmm. hip-hop but overall um and uh my palette isn't refined as mm-hmm. refined as you guys as far as just uh you guys listening to uh multiple genres but uh personally for me uh i think when it comes to hip-hop and, and r&b I, I'm, I'm looking for lyrics um but at the same time like you know, I'm a, I'm a feeler. So like it it has to have a beat that knocks. Um, and personally for me, um, call me if you get lost in the off season, those are the two songs or the two albums, excuse me, that I listened to and it was like, boom, like being punched in the face in a good way. I don't even know if that makes sense, but no, no, it um, makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, uh, Mm -hmm. definitely, uh, Tyler and Cole, uh went into for me as far as uh best albums of 2021
0: harrison what you got what made your top tier
2: i think there's a big gap between like number one and the rest because i i think for me this year as far as albums go i i definitely feel like i listen to a lot more um singles and than, mm-hmm. than like full full length albums obviously dave's album i would put it at number one um i will say uh, an album that i really enjoyed this year that is another feel good album um, that has really grown on me over the past month is Jubilee by Japanese Breakfast. Oh, yeah. And yeah, that was a massive record from her this, this year. Um, I'm excited to see where her career takes off. And then I will I will say, biggest surprise record that like, oh my gosh, if, if, if we just want to talk about some songs off a record that are just always in my head, I got to go with uh, Montero by Lil Nas X. It, there's just some songs in that whole record where I don't even really mind it being like in my mind all the time because it's just so catchy. And it, in terms of like an artist that, that is here to stay for the future. Um, I mean, he, he had an absolute killer year, probably will win record of the year with, yeah with Montero. Um, that song. And then industry baby, Jack Harlow is also another super, super catchy song. So I would have to say like those three artists uh, I've really enjoyed listening to. And then, Last thing I want to say is, a few days, my boy is coming out with with the with the uh, Don FM. Come on, we we already know that's gonna be record of the year for twenty twenty two. So, I'm hyped.
0: All right, so Harrison's best album of twenty twenty one hasn't even come out yet. Perfect. <laughs> right, as we wrap it up, I really appreciate both of you guys joining me. Appreciate all of you listening. I'm gonna be kind of like the Grammys, where my top tier is because. not too many albums really hit me in the face. Like Luke said, you know, there aren't too many that I'll really, really like latch onto because I have so many in my past that kind of, there's that barrier that you have to like break through to really be in that top tier. So my list is pretty long because they're all in that like second tier If I really like them looking back thinking like, Oh, I remember that album. That was really good. That was one that stayed with me. I'll just run through the list really fast. Little Oblivions by Julian Baker, uh, Sunflower by Briston Maroney, Honestly, Sour by Olivia Rodrigo, Blue Weekend by Wolf Alice, uh, Happier Than Ever by Billie Eilish, We're All Alone in This Together by Dave, Donda by Kanye, Seventeen Going Under by Sam Fender, Music of the Spheres by Coldplay, and An Evening with Sonic with Bruno and Anderson, and sometimes I might be introvert, Little Sims. So that's my really long list. If you made me pick one, I'd probably go... Probably Briston Maroney, just because maybe we were listening to a lot on like that road trip that we went on. And it was kind of a place of traveling a lot and, you know, also just growth in life. And a lot of the, like you said, Harrison, those lyrics just kind of make you really feel like you were talking about with Casey Musgraves album, where a lot of people relate to it. It seemed like every song he was talking about, I just related to it. So that's my list. Luke Harrison, appreciate both of you guys. We've talked for way too long now. That is our recap of 2021, the top albums. Thank you so much for listening. Rate or subscribe comment if you listen to this text one of us all three of us about the albums that we missed because i'm sure there's plenty and the ones that we didn't give enough love so appreciate the love on the podcast thank you both for joining me and i'll talk to you guys again
2: yes sir jordan photo, Jordan what?